from stranger to you and me. Welcome back, strange crew. You are tuned into another trip through life's deep cuts. We hope you enjoy the ride. Hey, you're listening to volume 90 of the Strange Grooves podcast. I'm Sharice Lutzen. I'm Kate Milberry. And before we bring you our interview with our guest this week, Karen Riley, we want to give a shout out to our Patreon supporters. So shout out to Brad Davis, Chuck Healy, John Roberts, Matt Lutzen, Krista Monroe, Colin Walshoot, Michael Hawkins, and Kaylin Capson. And our newest patron, Mary Hicks. Thank you so much, you guys, for the support that you give our show. Um, you know, we are doing quite a bit now going into 2021. We haven't been on a roll. Yeah, and, you know, it isn't going to stop. And with your support, you know, we are able to, you know, start. we're starting to get new merch. We're doing a lot of new interviews, starting to get some new gear. And, um, you know, if you got a toonie, we'd welcome it. Um, and if you love the show, we'd, uh, we'd love to hear from you as well. Um, if you want to be on the show, be a part of it, be a creator, give us a shout. Um, we... Always love to be a bigger strange crew. Absolutely. And you can find us at strangegrooves.com. And if you want to become a patron, go to patreon.com slash strangegrooves. And you'll find everything you need there. All right. Here's our interview with Karen. Karen, welcome hey. to the show. Thank well, you. Thank you so much for having me. It's so nice to see your beautiful, pretty, happy faces. Hi. Likewise. And yours and your dope ass background. It looks so good. Oh, thank For our you. listeners who can't see it, we'll definitely be posting a screenshot of this beautiful, magnificent woman and her background, mm. but um, you're going to see lots of this event and this thing that we're going to be talking about in this episode. So thank you, Karen, so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. So I guess to start things off, uh, Karen, so I guess we're here to talk, of course, about uh, a project that you've been working on for a while now. I believe the last time I saw you was when uh, you were kind of you were over here uh, filming a little bit for it. Um, I guess uh, tell us tell us about it. Tell us about the show. Okay. Well, that's a lot to unpack. I don't know where to start, but I can tell you the where where it all began is when I retired. I thought, what am I going to do to fill my days because I was doing three jobs. I'm an international host mom. I was a coordinator for a fundraiser. It's a girl thing, the original since 2003. And then uh, Rogers Media Communications Rep, which involved scheduling for Hockey Night in Canada and so on and so forth. So very, very busy. Now all of a sudden I'm retired. So, so many people say, I can't wait to retire. I'm going to be able to do this. I'm going to be able to do that. And so here I am. Woohoo! So I thought, well, first of all, what I have to do is I have to do what makes me happiest. So I dug down and I looked and I thought, when, I, when was I the happiest in my life? And the time that I was the happiest in my life is when I was in my 20s, I was volunteering at Fundy Cable and they gave me a whole television cruise. And what I did is with this crew, I went out and I interviewed the people that knew Miller Britton, the artists, 
I talked to Mitchell Franklin, who went to war with them. I talked to Fred Ross, who uh, was an artist that worked with them. Um, I talked to all of these people that were associated with Miller Britain, and it was just a great project and it was a lot of fun. And I just remember at the time thinking, could life be any better than having your own television crew and just going out and telling the stories? And it was wonderful. So I thought, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make a film. So what are you going to make a film about? And at the time, living in uptown St. John, so many of my friends said, why would you ever leave your home with the view of the Bay of Fundy, listening to the waves to go uptown? It doesn't make sense. And I said, well, I said, because uptown is a really happening place. And it's a really happening place because I would find that there would be days during the week where I didn't know where I was gonna go. There were so many things going on. Um, and I think you know that as uptown girls as well. Is it uptown or is it downtown or is it overtown? All of them. <laughs> well, the reason uptown living is so much fun is because there's so many things like art galleries to go to. There's um, uh, things like the farmer's market in the summer, the city market in the winter. You don't even need a car. You can just every day walk outside your house and there's just so many cool happening things. So why is it such a cool place? It's such a cool place because of the creative community. The creative community being the St. John Theatre Company, um, Imperial Theatre, um, the people that put together some of these music festivals like Area 506, like the Quality Block Music Festival. Um, it's just uh, the place to be. And that's why I think there's this big thing going on with people raising the rents and everything if they have a building because if you have a home out in Quispamsis and you're retiring, sell it for $400,000 or whatever it might be, go into town and you've got a beautiful condo and you can walk everywhere. So saying all of that, that's another thing. Do you want to interrupt me anytime? No. You go, you go. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm going, well, I'm just saying uh, uptown uh, is really the place to be. Like, I'm definitely an uptown girl. Um, the theme song for my ex-husband was Uptown Girl by Billy Joel. He used to sing that to me. And whenever I hear uptown, I go, well, am I an uptown girl or a downtown girl or an overtown girl? All of these. Are. <laughs> so what makes uptown, overtown, downtown? It's the creative community that makes it what it is. You can have beautiful places to live, but if you don't have places for your children to go, like the interaction performing arts, if you don't have um, all of the things that we have that we enjoy downtown, it wouldn't be that great of a place, would it? No, that's absolutely. That's facts. Those are the things that make a community livable and, and vibrant, right? Mm -hmm. So knowing all of that, I thought, well, the reason why Uptown St. John is so cool is because of these hit makers and these uh, creative chance makers like yourself. You're shedding light on the music industry um, and you're highlighting people that do 
amazing things with music that we wouldn't know about if you didn't take the time. And this is your volunteer time. Like nobody's giving you this great big fat paycheck and saying, let's go doing it. You're doing it because of your passion and because this is something that you really enjoy and you love and you're sharing with your community the, the love for music, right? Mm-hmm. So knowing all of this, I thought, who am I going to go see? And I had so many people I didn't even know who I was going to pick. There were so many. So I picked 20 people. And some of the people were Clyde Bray. Clyde Bray is uh, the artist in residence at the St. John Theatre Company, who presently is doing a story on We Were Here um, that we know about on the uh, Black community, which is amazing, uh, some of the things that they've done. And it's really important that we know that. When I interviewed Clyde, it was at the Pompadour Pizza. Is it Pomodori? Pomodori. And in the background were pictures on the wall beside Tondi's restaurant of some of the movers and shakers here in the creative community, like Fred Ross that I talked about earlier in the Miller Britton documentary. And he said, Karen, I want to know why there isn't a black person up there. And I went, holy smokes, Clyde. I have no idea, but that's a really good question. So talking to the people that I did in this documentary, I got a lot of interesting perspectives on uh, St. John and where it's been and where it is right now. Uh, When I was here back in 1985, when we had the Canada Games, people before the Canada Games were embarrassed to say they were from St. John. It was the drive-by province. It was, I think we called it Surf City, but they would say things like, gee, you cross the River St. Falls Bridge and did Casey Irving take his sneakers off? It stinks because of the pulp mill. Um, Just not a lot of pride. And whatever it was about the Canada Games, all of a sudden people said, I'm really proud of St. John. St. John really has some neat things. And we, we built the aquatic center and so on and so forth. So then fast forward to where it is right now. Um, again, I'm going back because I'm giving you lots of thoughts of what it was like to live in St. John. When I was a girl your age, I remember looking at all these beautiful brick buildings and I had a friend who had an art studio on Canterbury. And back then she said, why is it that they don't have condos and they don't have people living and having rooftop patios like they do in Montreal? And I said, I have no idea. They should. They should. And now it's happening, which is really fantastic. Look at where Kate lives. She has a beautiful building where she can actually go to the rooftop and have a barbecue and have a party. How long, how many people have rooftop patios downtown? Right. Well, more than they did. Yeah, it just it took a, you know several decades, but we're here. Yeah. <laughs> We've yeah. reached the point. Yeah, yeah, no, that's 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 true. Yeah, yeah. So, what about when it came to um, like you you chose the twenty people, you started doing the interviews. So, how did you put together the story? How did you put that together? Because I I know what I know about it, but I'm I'm curious of you know what what the general public kind of would will know. Well, I thought. In order to tell a story, I had to talk to people that had a story and I wanted to shed light on things 
behind the scenes of some of these events, for example, of things that people didn't know. For example, Sarah Jones, who has uh, Jones Gallery. At the time that I did the documentary, she was, the, I believe, the coordinator for Catapult Arts Link. And what that is, is it's a program that the provincial government, um, and, I, and I think they get some federal money too, where they teach artists how to be sustainable in their living. They teach them how to start a business. Um, because a lot of people, if they're artists, they're artists, but they don't know anything about business, like how to make money. So she tells people how you can apply for grants and get money so that if you do have a project, you can apply to different grants and you can make these things happen. Well, I knew that because I talked to her. If I didn't talk to her, I wouldn't have known it. So there were so many other people that I thought that will look at this documentary and say, hey, really? These things are free. I just have to apply and they're going to teach me how to apply for grants to uh, the government. And I know several people that are artists that get, say, $5,000, which helps them launch whatever their project might be, which is pretty cool. Um, the other thing is with these music festivals, for example, um, one of my, my um, people that I know in this creative community, Abigail Smith, she formed um, Show Buddies. So what's Show Buddies? Show Buddies is, uh, it's a behind the scenes security program, I guess you would call it, that would enable anybody that attends a music festival, they can attend it without being harassed. Um, because believe it or not, it's hard to believe in this day and age, but it still happens. People get bullied. They go to a music festival and if they look a little different, um, some bullies will come along and pick on them. So the show buddies, they're identified with pink t-shirts and they go over and they say, um, are you having a problem with anybody? And they kind of stop any kind of fighting. So who even knew that was even around it? festivals did you know it yeah we've talked to like we've had abby on the show um a couple times when quality block um yeah. was what was happening back in the good old days when there was live shows i also <laughs> want to make a plug though about show buddies they're not necessarily just for harassment i mean here's an example i've mm -hmm. gone to countless shows um you know some of my friends gone to get a drink or use the bathroom or go have a cigarette or something and Hey, most of the time I'm fine just to tune out, but maybe if the song doesn't catch my ear, I start to maybe have a little bit of anxiety, you know, I'm not with my crew and I see a familiar face and they don't necessarily need to, you know, hold on to me or anything, but they're there to chat me up. So they're not necessarily there to kind of bring the hammer down, but they're there to be your pal as well. They're there to be a, a, a buddy at a show. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really amazing because also we have a lot of young people going to some of these shows, all ages shows, which you know, a result of, you know, people rolling their sleeves up and trying to figure out innovative ways to make it, you know, able to happen. Right. And I think like that is a, is a way that, you know, parents can also feel better about, you know, their kids going out to shows and, and making sure that, you know, there's no um, illegal drug use or, or alcohol happening. So, I mean, I've known t a ton of people volunteer to be show buddies and I think they're awesome. So yeah. your show buddy props to you. We love you. Yes. Yeah. Yes, uh, 100%. So it's really nice to have 
um, Abby talk about the show buddies in the film um, because not a lot of people know about it. You know, because you're plugged in and you go to the music festivals and stuff. Um, another uh, aspect of the film is I wanted to talk to people like, um, let's just take, for example, Casey Wilcox and Emily Sab. As you know, they have visitors and they're both artists. So as artists, how are they going to make a living? So they took a program through Catapult and it taught them how to have a sustainable business. So they went to the St. John Tool Library and took a, a place that they rented on, what's the name of that street yeah, that they're on? Union. Yeah, on Union. And they made an art gallery out of it and a vintage clothing store out of it. So they have money coming in um, at the same time that they're doing their art projects. And if they didn't take this, say, catapult program, they may not have had the knowledge or the experience in order to do something like that. So that was kind of very cool to hear their story. And then um, I interviewed uh, Gordy Tufts from Backstreet Records. Uh, he is an institution. He's been around for 40 years. And anybody who collects records like yourself know him. He's iconic. I graduated with Gordy, so I know him pretty well. And his family's pretty cool too. Um, so it was people like this in the creative uh, in our community in the city that I wanted people that aren't in the creative uh, community would know what's going on right. in Uptown. Right. One thing I wanted to ask, which is a little bit, well, it's still on topic, but. Are you the one who asked the real zinger? Cause oh, Kate doesn't have the nerve to ask it. Cause she did. She's afraid to ask me. Oh no, that's, that's the, the zinger's coming. But um, can you tell Ooh, me about how did you. Don't ask me my weight. <laughs> no, no, no. I was curious about how did you land on the title for, for this document? Okay. Highest that's a very good question because I was really hung up. How hard would it be to come up with a title yeah. for uh, interviewing uh, the art community and why um, St. John is such a happening cool place to be um how do you find a title well i thought well as i interview people people are going to say something and when they say it there's going to be a quote and that's going to be the title and so many times like for example jody clifford who was one of the uh co uh co what do you call it co founders of moon bazaar um, he came up with these amazing quotes and I thought, oh, I'm going to use this because Jody is very articulate and he, he just was bang on with some of the things that he said, but I still, it just still didn't grab me. So one time I was talking to a friend and I said, look, you're an amazing writer. Like you, you uh, write very well. Why don't you dig deep way down wherever you do and try to come up with a title that I can use for this film. So they said, okay, I'll see what I can do. And so then they mentioned the Rolling Stones first album, highest tides and green grass 
introducing like the Rolling Stones. And I thought, oh my God, I love it. I love it. So I went with highest tides. Who has the highest tides in the world? Who? We know us. St. <laughs> John. Right. New Brunswick. We have the highest tides in the world. That's pretty good bragging rights. Then I thought highest tides in green grass. Well, what does green grass mean? It, well, it can mean several things. <laughs> I imagine. <laughs> well, the grass is always greener on the other side, right? right? So if you want, if you think of green grass, you can think of green grass, the best place to be. And at the time, civilization was here big in St. John. Mm -hmm. So green grass could mean leave it up to your imagination, right? Or green grass could be the best place to be. So I'm saying St. John is the greenest grasses in St. John. So highest tides and greenest grass, introducing St. John's newest hit makers. Hit makers means music. So why are you hung up on hit makers? And I said, hit makers doesn't mean the top 10 hit parade. Uh, hit makers could pe be people who are chance takers who score a hit in an idea. Because you know how people say that's not a very good idea, but really it is a good idea, but it takes a lot of work. Yeah. So I just thought highest tides in green grass introducing St. John's newest hit makers totally describes where we live. I mean, we're surrounded by the river. We're, we're surrounded by the bay. So St. John is the best place to be. Look at how many people have, like Don Darling's done an amazing job um, talking to people in Toronto and saying, why are you there when you could be here? Sell your $600,000 townhouse or whatever, come to St. John and you will have the best schools. You'll have a beautiful uh, community and you'll have extra money left over from the house that you sold in Toronto. And you don't have to lock your doors at night necessarily. Right. So Showing it's, I still have this on my fridge. Uh, well, do you know what? When I first met you, Kate, I remember thinking that girl, like, what is she doing in St. John? Like that just discounts everything that I just said. Um, <laughs> and I said the same thing to Greg, Greg Hemmings. I said the same thing to Greg Hemmings because in my fundraiser, it's a girl thing, the original in 2003. I kind of, I had to be plugged in because I was media and I knew all the new businesses that were happening in the city and so on and so forth. So when Greg started at Hemming's house, I thought I got to get this guy to do a talk at it's a girl thing. And when I had him there, I said, why aren't you out in Hollywood, California? Like, why do you think that you could do a big film company here in St. John, New Brunswick? Like not a lot of people have ever done that before. And he did it. So I thought that was so amazing. So when I first uh, met Kate and saw like how she was with media and just how she was in general, I thought this girl is over the top for St. John, New Brunswick. She, she needs to go to a bigger city where they can recognize her potential and she can make bigger bucks. But because she loves St. John, New Brunswick, yeah. she stayed. And that's so fantastic because Greg Hemmings, Hemmings rather could go anywhere, but he stayed. And a lot of these people that I interviewed here, 
they could go other places and probably get a bigger paycheck, but they stayed here and thank God they did because um, we're uh, so much better as a result of it, right? Mm. That's so that's where the name came from, uh, Highest Tides and Greenest Grass Introducing St. John's Newest Hitmakers, because they all scored a hit as far as I'm concerned. Right, right. And I love how uh, this wonderful poster for the documentary is still, it, it's very psychedelic. It still has, it, it has like that Stones 60s vibe. So I appreciate it. <laughs> well, do you know how that came about? I thought I would save myself some money and I went on this um, app so that I could create my own poster. And so I got on Canva or whatever it was and I was creating the poster and I thought, you know what? I'm in way over my head. I need to get somebody that knows what they're doing. So I remember seeing the Quality Block Music Festival posters and just loving them. I thought these posters are amazing. I just love them and I would keep them and put them in my bedroom because they were art, like they just looked so good. So I asked a friend, I said, do you think it would be okay if I contacted this person and had them do the poster for Highest Tide and Greenest Grass? And they said, hello, yes, they, they would love for you to contact them. So I contacted Judd Crandall and I said, uh, this is the thing, um, this is my vision, but you're the person who's skilled. You're the person who knows what you're doing. I would like to have a poster reflect my film. So this, the hit makers are gonna be superheroes. I think of maybe cartoon characters and they've got a cape and it says hit makers on them. And they're looking up to the sky and on the clouds, you're gonna have these people that I interviewed um, for the film. And I gave them all these crazy ideas of, and you know, like stars and all this stuff. And I said, but this is your project. I'm easy to get along with. I'm not going to tell you what to do. Just go do your magic. So he did. And he came back with this and he put in the high tides, which is the blue. He put in the green, the green grass. And then he did the people looking up and like the rainbow and everything. And I thought, oh my God, I couldn't have, I couldn't even imagine uh, it being any better. And he was so much fun to deal with because he has like these really good old fashioned manners from the old school, like just so polite and just so, he was just a really pleasure to work with. So that was, uh, that was a real joy, a joyful part of the film that I remember is the little time that I spent with Judd doing this poster. And um, so that's the story on the poster. It's always nice to see um, some of your project visions come to life. And it's hard sometimes to let go. We've had our fair share of that. But it's so much fun when somebody produces something for you that just over over goes your expectations um and we kind of had that with our logo um and when we seen it it was just like okay this is this is it and then when we were able to get it you know digitized and you know it just it everything just fits so sometimes it's and in my background like with marketing I always say get another perspective because just because you might think something doesn't mean necessarily your audience or your customer sees it that way. 
And, you know, ultimately, I mean, this next part that we'll get into, I mean, when you're, you know, renting theaters and you're putting, you know, things in place like safety protocols and you're marketing a film, it takes a little bit of capital, right? So it's important to, to you know, get the word out, right? And, and, and have a good poster and, and a good event that, you know, gets the word out. So can you tell us a little bit about where people can see the film and when and how to get tickets? Well, first of all, I have to tell you, um, because I talked to people all along and initially it was going to be at Rogue uh, Coffee. Um, and then the pandemic threw a wrench into that. And so then I thought, Karen, you always think big. So if you're going to do a film, where would be a place where you could have the most people go and see the film on a big screen? No brainer, Imperial Theater. Um, and the Imperial Theater, um, is endearing to me because my best friend's brother, Jack McDougall, uh, many years ago, he bought the Imperial Theater for a dollar, one dollar, and he raised money from the community to renovate it totally to where it is today. And in the film, I've acknowledged uh, Jack for doing that because this is somebody that's a chance taker, an idea maker, a dream maker, who said that Imperial Theater should not go to demolition. We need to revitalize it. So he, he um, coordinated with all the community and millions of dollars and to bring it to the, the gem that it, and the jewel that it is here today. So that's kind of where I decided that I would have it at the Imperial Theater even though the St. John Theatre Company could have done just as good a job, but I needed at the time before the pandemic, I was hoping like James Mullinger to fill the place. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So if you're going to do something, you want to do it big. You want to dream big. And the funny thing is with artists and creators, a lot of people, when you tell them your vision or what you want to do, they're like, cuckoo oh yeah you're gonna do this okay so you got to put your mouth where your money is and just make it happen and you make it happen if you have uh, good relationships and good connections with people because every single person that I called to ask them if I could have an interview not one person said no right so that's how um, working together uh, you can make great things happen. For example, you wouldn't have strange groups if you didn't have people that you know uh, when you ask them if they would go on strange groups. How many people say no? Nobody. They consider it an honor. They'd be silly gooses if they did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say. Decline these hoes. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> I was going to say, if we did, if people did say no, we'd probably still do the show, but people might get just sick of it being just us. <laughs> <laughs> Unless we get a little bit spicy. Yeah, we just, we just up the spice. Yeah. That's all I do, Karen. <laughs> no bikinis, though, no. yet. <laughs> Not there yet. That's a Patreon maybe, package. Maybe when it's like the big bucks, then we'll, then we'll do that if you're listening and you have the big bucks i mean feel free to send us a dm <laughs> we'll take the money our, our our project is also growing for those 
<laughs> Insert Patreon pitch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really though. But you know, the the one thing I will say too about Imperial, and I know like pandemic has thrown it off, but Sharice and I, we've gone to a couple of shows the last six months at Imperial. And I'll be honest with you, I enjoy them more now than I did before. They're safe, um, they're accessible, um, they're like a lot of space, still a ton of snacks. Um, you get to see your pals in a socially distant way. You don't get beer spilled all over you unless you're clumsy. Um, but I mean, the 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 pros of of that show, even when they were throwing some quality block shows there, were profoundly amazing because that it opened up um, to a whole other way to be inclusive of an audience. So I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing the film there. I know um, Mallory Kelly, she works at the box office still, and they're showing movies there every second night, like Dirty Harry's playing this week, Matilda. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty cool because we haven't really had a, a theater um, uptown in a long time that actually just showed movies that often. Mm. So if you're listening and, and maybe you haven't gotten tickets yet, which you really should because they're they're starting to be limited now at this point, um, get them um, now because you'd be also a silly goose to not get them. We'll, uh, we'll link out in the show notes and on the blog. Yeah, they're only, they're though. 20 bucks, right, Karen? Yeah, 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think if you... I don't know even just a night out with a pal grab a kit kat and like come right. come see like a lot of dope people doing great things it's an inspiration and i think a lot of us need it and i'm really right. proud of you for making it because it, it takes a lot of work it can be bananas sometimes there's always 10 more interviews you could squeeze in i'm sure and you know yeah i want to i want to speak on that there are so many people that i wish that i could have included but the movie as it stands is an hour and 20 minutes And the reason it's an hour and 20 minutes is because I thought if anybody was going to take the time to give me their time so that I could interview them, they're not going to end up on the cutting room floor. So everybody got in and I feel very proud of that. Um, So then when you're talking about going to the Imperial Theater and it was so great uh, just to get together with your friends because of this pandemic and so on and so forth and feel safe. Um, we need this. I don't know how many people have come to me and said, okay, Karen, when, we're, when are we going to have our dinner party? And I say, well, we can't really anytime soon because you're not in my bubble because you only have 10 people. Right? So the great thing about the Imperial theater is they have it. So, uh, down to the protocol socially distanced that you have one row and then another row where there's nobody. So you can only sit with your bubble and you have your mask on. And if you want to take your mask off, you're so far away from everybody else that you actually can do that. So I think April 25th, um, you know, hopefully that's going to happen. And even if um, it doesn't happen, the great thing about the Imperial Theater is they'll just postpone it to another date. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, and I'm sure that, you know, with the audience um, resonating with it, you know, there could always be, you know, maybe another showing, maybe a highest tides, greenest grass part two, uh, a couple of years from now, who knows, right? You never. You oh, never- there could be. I know some of my friends said, why don't you have sponsors? Like, why don't you go out and talk to some of the corporations and companies and see if they'll sponsor it. And I thought, you know what? I did that my whole career as a media rep. Like this is just something that's a retirement project that I wanted to 
celebrate the people that make St. John that happening fun place that it is. And well, you're part of it. I mean, you're in the interview as well, as you know. So that's kind of one, that was kind of what I wanted to do. Am I going to do a part two? Who knows? Like, are you going to go on the road with strange groups? Who knows? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, never say never. I mean, you just don't know. An organic approach is good um, with anything. Cause then you start to understand what it is that you have rather than try to business plan the shit out of it at first. Sometimes it's better just to, I mean, that's what we've done. Just let it grow, let it grow. And then once you kind of start to have a little bit of data and kind of know what your audience is and know what people get from it, then you kind of start to know what, what product you have. And I'm sorry to use this, but if it will scale, <laughs> right. But that's, it's true. And I think, you know, this film, it's going to be awesome. April 25th. Um, if you haven't got your tickets, please get them because again, they are going to be limited. It's limited seating now at Imperial. Um, and I think if everybody in the film is going, plus if you haven't got it, you should probably get a ticket. So yeah, yeah get a friggin' ticket. Um, 20 bucks. It's going to be a really good show. Um, it's also a great, great gift. I mean, maybe you can't make it, but you can buy a ticket and send it to someone that would maybe like to go with one of their pals. That's, I'm, that's certainly my goal. I'm right. going to probably do that for a couple of my pals. There you go. Um, great gift. But yeah. So if you're listening, please go and hang out with us. We're going to be at the show. It's going to be a great, great show. And it's early too. I think it's at two o'clock. Love right? it. Love that. Yeah. I picked Sunday afternoon because there wasn't an evening available. So, <laughs> cause I had planned in my uh, imagination, I thought, okay, we're going to roll out the red carpet. So when I asked them about, could I put a red carpet outside? They said, well, because of insurance reasons, that may not be a good idea to put a red carpet outside. So then I thought, out at East Point Shopping, they have those great big strobe lights. Could we get strobe lights to happen on the Imperial Theater as we're walking in? Like just all kinds of fun things. Like how could you make it? Um, are we going to get dressed up in, in uh, Hollywood prom clothing and all that? Like, you know what you do when you're using your imagination? Well, it turned out that it was going to be Sunday afternoon. Well, everybody... Usually, if you're very busy, Sunday afternoon is the time when you have a little bit of free time. And just to regress a little bit, Nicole Kidman, the actress, has a child named Sunday. And she explained to someone during an interview the reason why she called her daughter Sunday is because when she was a singleton, the hardest day of the week for her was Sunday. Because as a single person, when you don't have your own husband and family and children or whatever, she thought Sunday, some days can be lonely. So when she met her husband, um, Sundays weren't lonely anymore. They were happy. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, yeah. I'm pumped for an early film on a Sunday. I'm going to go to Tops before. Yeah. I'm going to have a burger. And then okay. I'm gonna the show and I'm going to, it's going to be great. I'm going to have a nice little smoke. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be great. I, I get, is it April 25th yet? Right. I'm looking forward to all that. And it's, and it's in the spring yeah, too. It'll be it's, nice. It's going to be great. Yeah. We're looking forward to it, Karen. So thank you so much for telling us about the film. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking an hour out of your life to. Oh, we have one question for you. We're not what? 
We have one more question. There's that you. zinger that we. Oh no! About. You're not going to ask me <laughs> if <laughs> you're not going to ask me if I color my hair or what my weight is. I don't. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, you're on a desert island, and you can only bring three records with you. What will those three records be, Karen? Okay. Well, I know straight off off the bat, it would be Carol King's Tapestry. Yes, celebrating an anniversary. And the reason for that is I remember when I was um, babysitting uh, back in, the, in my teen day, I would play Carol King's Tapestry over and over and sing it. And anytime I hear that, it just reminds me of one of my happiest times. Um, this sounds corny, but when we were growing up, my dad used to take us to a record store and my three top albums were Mary Poppins, My Fair Ladies, and The Sound of Music. So I don't want to sound like a nerd, so I better come up with my other two. Um, okay, so I love Bob Dylan. I love Petulia Clark, The Supremes. Dionne Warwick, Cicely Tyson, ABBA, Stevie Nicks, James Taylor, Herman Hermits. Um, I love the Monkees. I love the Beach Boys, Buffy St. Marie, Cat Stevens. Like, how can I pick the other two? Oh, you, you, that's the thing. Like, you got to. I'm you being generous yeah. with giving you three. Yeah. So we also. Okay. I gave you one. Yeah. Um, Waylon Jennings, Joni Mitchell, The Doors, The Clash, Gordy Lightfoot. Um, okay. So I got two more. Yeah, two more. Okay. So two more. I knew you were going to ask this and I should have written something down. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm going to pick the Beatles. Okay, what one? Um. What's that one with the walrus in it? Magical Mystery Tour. Okay, I'm going to pick the Magical Mystery Tour. And then I'm going to pick Cat Stevens' Tea for the Tillerman. Excellent. Cool, yeah. Solid. That's a solid three. Yeah, that's a nice island. Love it. That's a nice island. I'd be on that island, yeah. Okay, tell me what your three are before you go. You're going to get a zinger as well. Okay. Uh, All right. All right. Mine's been changing lately, so we're going to have... I've been going through some shit, so Fleetwood Mac's Rumors... Is my first one. <laughs> of course. I know you're going to say Kenny Tobias. Oh, yeah. Oops, sorry, Kenny. Uh, so, yeah, Ken Tobias is room number two because I've been listening to that one a bunch for, for research. Um, and I'm going to say, again, because I'm going through some shit, it's, been a, it's Bob Dylan's Blood on the Tracks, which has always been a staple. I'm pretty sure that's been met, met, like mentioned in every single episode. I saw Bob Dylan twice in St. John. Oh, really? I saw him. I saw him once in St. John and twice in the States. But, okay, yeah. cool. Now, um, what about you, Kate? You don't get off the hook. Steely Dan, Royal Scam. Hello, of course you're going to say Steely Dan. That's as bad as Chuck Healy saying um, Neil Diamond. I know. Um, now, so do I get another one? Um, okay, uh, so Steely Dan, Royal Scam. Um, Boston, their first album. And then it's a toss up right now for me. Mm -hmm. I would probably say Primus, the Brown album, or, or, and this would be like, I'm, I'm getting on the plane and I have to ditch one. 
um, talking heads stop making sense. That would be my three. Oh, wow. Too bad we couldn't have their music playing in the background as we fade out. Yeah. And then I could just like maybe make a ditch effort. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I feel, yeah. I don't know. Those, those kind of, those kind of always stick with me. Yeah. Awesome. Well, listen, ladies, thank you so much for um, giving me the shot in the arm of, uh, well, I'm very excited. I mean, it's going to be here before we know it. So wonderful to see spring peeking around the corner. Yes. And it was very nice to invite you into my Zoom world. We love yeah. it. Thank you. Well, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much for joining us and uh, keep it strange. Keep it strange. Keep it strange. If you've enjoyed this, then you have to hit strangegrooves.com for more amazing content. To support this podcast and music community, go to patreon.com slash strangegrooves. As always, keep it strange.